I decided I decided to re-record the entire first segment. I realized I really hate it. Um, so this is me talking about trans stuff, and I'm gonna. I'll probably switch back and forth between the terms transgender and transsexual. Um, just I prefer transsexual or transsex, but transgender is what has been ingrained into my vocabulary. So, um, first I'm going to talk about how I figured out I'm trans. Um, so as a kid, I wasn't raised with gendered expectations, I guess. Um, growing up female, number one, was a great privilege. I, the way the boys around me were treated was much worse than any of the girls. Um, but I also wasn't, I wasn't expected to be, I don't know, I, they didn't place anything, nobody placed gender roles on me at that young age. I, like, people claim they do, it never happened to me, so. Early on, I didn't know the differences between genders, I didn't know what gender was, really. You could have said the word gender to me, and I would have been like, huh? Um... I hung out with boys, I hung out with girls, I wore dresses, I wore superhero costumes, I wore what I wanted, and I did what I wanted, and so I didn't have dysphoria as a kid, because I hadn't hit puberty yet, I guess, and I didn't know what gender was until, like, middle school. And then, when I was nine or ten, I met what... This is the first experience I can really describe as having dysphoria. When I met my best friend at the time, she was, she has always been incredibly butch. She's not trans. She's just a really butch lesbian and always has been since we were little kids. And she used to look like a guy. Um, you know, nine or ten, you can't always tell the difference between guys and girls. And uh, we would go out in public and people would call her he, they would call her sir, young man, that kind of thing, and I was jealous. I was so jealous. I wanted, she would always, you know, laugh it off and think it was, you know, funny and uh, correct them sometimes. Sometimes she played it off, um, but I wanted to be called he, and nobody called me that because I was a petite girl. I dressed, at this point, I was dressing like a tomboy, because I felt more comfortable dressing like a tomboy with her uh, around. And uh, I didn't own, I don't think I owned at this point any female clothes. I wore all my brother's old clothes and stuff, and I liked presenting that way. They were all way too big. I looked uh, like a tomboy, you know, whatever. Long-ass, dirty hair. And then... Around 13, we had a family renting our basement area, big basement, not like a little tiny. Um, and the woman who rented it had 12 kids. She had three boys. Only two of them lived with us. There were four and like 16, and I was like 13 at the time. So he was out of my age range to hang out with. The girls were more my age, so I hung out with them and stuff. Sometimes I babysitted them because I was a little older than most of them. But, um... So these are the people I was hanging out with, and I really wanted to fit in, you know. 
So I started wearing more feminine stuff. Um, I started trying to look like a girl and dress like a girl or whatever. I still hated my hair. Oh, I still, I hate my, I hate having long hair. Long hair makes me want to jump off a cliff. Um, but I think at this time I was really, I was thinking more about fitting in than being comfortable with how I was presenting. So I don't know. I really don't know if I was, I was never comfortable, but I was never like, this is awful, make it stop. I just kind of wanted to fit in with people, you know, as we all do. Um, I went through an emo phase, yada yada, and then um, I started high school and it all went downhill from there, which will con- I'll continue in the next segment. Okay, so high school. I started high school August 2014, I think. I was 14. And I started going to an arts high school, and I discovered Tumblr. Let me tell you, I wish I never found Tumblr. While it was where I found the word trans, it was also where I found a bunch of stupid political ideas that I got wrapped up in. And when I first read the word trans, I was like, Wow, you know, this describes, I think this describes me really well. Um, but I didn't know what dysphoria was. Nobody told me what it was. I was, I guess I was on the too cute side of Tumblr, and I believed wrong things about dysphoria. So back then, I wouldn't have described how I felt about my body and my sex and how I presented to the world with the word dysphoria. Um, but that's what it was. I really. I don't know, I presented, I'm just going to be honest with you guys, I was a hoe. Freshman year, I was a little bit of a hoe. I wore short shorts and uh, fishnets, and I was still trying to convince myself that I was a girl. I was trying to convince everyone around me I was a girl. I, I was tired of being called it, uh, which happened a lot in middle school, so I... And I was still trying to fit in, of course. So I over-feminized. And I, I don't know. It was bad. Um, so, and and then I started identifying as, like, bi-gender and gender fluid. And I think it was all a mixture of not wanting to be a guy because I heard so many awful things about guys. And not understanding how gender actually works. I was brainwashed. I thought just having feminine aspects as I did, and as I still do, I have, I still have a couple feminine aspects, not as many. Um, but I thought that meant I couldn't be completely male. And I thought dysphoria was completely hating yourself, and I didn't hate myself, sort of. It was complicated. I had a complicated relationship with my body at the time. I didn't hate it. That, uh, I've always been kind of hot, you know, for a female, but I'm not. And it's always been a weird relationship. But, um, so I went around tossing my, I, my identities back and forth by gender, gender fluid, agent, or whatever, uh, for a while. And, I started looking for new names and stuff, and 
I don't know, I don't exactly know what happened, but somewhere between figuring out I was not cis and coming out, I really realized that I was, was, I wanted to be masculine, I wanted to dress masculinely, I didn't do it well, I was, I had no style in the beginning, and I uh, wanted people to call me he, and I still thought I was like my gender, but I really wanted people to call me he. That's all I've ever wanted, really. It's people to call me he, him, people to treat me like a man. And, uh, interestingly enough, around these times, I, I was actually going to camp in the summer. I, I still, up until last summer, last summer was my last. I was going to camp in the summer, and I would be in the girls' cabins, and I would be, I would ask for my own room. I was so uncomfortable with a female roommate. I was uncomfortable. I didn't talk very much with them. I didn't get involved with them. The first time I was in the male dorms, I made so many friends. I have friends I still talk to, and it was amazing. And I'm so glad that I did come out and that I did start. I realized I was actually a guy, and that just because I have feminine aspects, I'm not by gender or something. And I don't know exactly why it happened like it did, why I suddenly realized, you know, I don't want to be feminine anymore. I want people to call me Oliver. Yes, I picked the name out Oliver early. And it was, this is probably not helpful for anyone trying for advice. Um, it was basically experimenting with what I was comfortable with until I was comfortable. And I went from trying to fit in to trying to be myself. That's all I ever really needed. And when people started calling me he, him, it was the most amazing feeling in my life. So, yeah, it was it was experimenting, finding myself and uh, people and realizing how much happier I was. Yeah, I mean, yes, um, I would describe when I started to pass or when I started to tell people to call me he and they did. I would describe that as gender euphoria, but it was, it was stemming from the fact that I didn't realize I had dysphoria, and when I passed, I suddenly didn't have the same dysphoria. I still obviously had dysphoria, but it took a load off of my chest, basically, and um, that's pretty much how I knew is because I loved being called he. I loved it. I still love it. I love being called sir. I love being called by my preferred name, um, my my name. It's my real name. I don't, I don't feel associated with myself, my pre-transition self anymore. I don't feel associated with the feminine aspects. I used to. I tried to embrace to fit in. I don't wear. I don't like wearing dresses or skirts or anything that makes me feminine anymore. Um, and I never really liked, liked wearing them after puberty, at least. Um, but I wore them. And I realized that doing what made me happy was a lot better for me in the end anyway. Um, and being male was what I wanted. Despite my feminine aspects, it's what I wanted. I don't know. I'm probably helping absolutely no one. I'm probably not even making sense. Uh, but that's my experience.
When I came out, I came out to a supportive group of people. I was, of course, at an art school, and uh, I was still being told that, you know, you don't need this for you. You can be a gender, by gender, whatever. Whatever, that kind of thing. And uh, I don't know. I don't think... It was kind of a... It's kind of a popular thing in my school to be GNC or non-binary or whatever. It's a huge thing. There's, like, huge groups of people who do it now. And a lot of them came out after I did, which was really interesting. But, um, I don't know. I don't... There's not one way to know that you're trans or one way to have a trans childhood. Um, and that's important to know because what... I went through might not help you. You may have completely different experiences with your body than I do, and uh, that's that's okay. Um, you know, that's okay. I'm going to stop talking about this now because I don't know what else to say. I'm sorry. I'll start um, in the next one. I'll... I guess I'll describe coming out just because it's logical progression. Alright, so how did I come out? Well, I came out at 14, um, and I started with a teacher I really trusted. And I just um, went up to her. I had been kind of experimenting with names, but I chose my name pretty early, I think. Um, I said... Oh, no, I don't, no, I hadn't decided on a name now that I realize it. Um, but I went up to her and I said, uh, I was wondering if you could possibly, you know, start using he, him pronouns for me. I think I'm trans. I think I'm a guy. And she's, she reacted really well. She goes, yeah, of course, I'll use the pronouns you want. Um, whatever makes you the most comfortable. Uh, are you going to change your name? I said, I have. I said, um, I don't think I have decided on one yet, but, uh, she's like, well, when you decide, let me know and I'll start using it. And, you know, that was a really good experience and it's really good to have somebody that supports you. I had kind of told my friends, but I actually came out to her just to see how it felt before I told my friends. And then I started telling my friends kind of slowly and my friends were, they were, they were good for it, you know, um, I had one trans friend at the time, and he was like, yeah, I, I kind of knew it. Yeah, it's kind of obvious. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. Um, one of my other friends wanted to throw a party. She's so sweet. I adore her, but she's like, all right. She, they all changed pronouns pretty fast. I mean, some of them struggled. Um, and I didn't come out all at once because uh, I have, I don't, I don't do well with people. So it took me a while to come out to every teacher. It took me more. I didn't even come out to some teachers. I never did. Um, but coming out to my mom was a lot more stressful. I mean, I still... Coming out is an everyday thing, basically. If there's a sub, I have to out myself. If there's... You know... I had DCS come to the school the other day to talk to me. I had to out myself. So every year, I have to re-out myself to every single fucking teacher. And it's always awful, but I get it. I get better every year with it. 
But uh, I did struggle last year. One teacher refused to call me that. I, I went to the administration and I said she's not using my preferred name and it's pub. I feel unsafe and humiliated in front of the class because a lot of kids didn't know at this point. A lot of kids didn't know my birth name. There are still a lot. There are a lot of kids now who don't because I've been out for three, three years. Yeah, I've been out for three years. But uh, coming out to my mom, I'm not out to all of my family, but I am out to my mom. Um, and it was horrible coming out to my mom. I thought of writing letters. I let it build up, and um, the reason I finally did come out is because I could not take being in the girls dorm again and being called my birth name again um for a whole a three weeks I think that was my first year I was having to go I was going to camp for three three whole weeks and I did it by my mom's an angry person she yells a lot so I wanted to avoid a confrontation by doing it in my therapist's office I talked to him a little about it first, and then I had her come in, and I attempted to come out to her. I was 16, I think. I think I had just turned 16, and uh, she uh, she took it well in comparison to how she could have, but basically she tossed the whole thing out the door and was like, no, huh, you're not. You're not a guy. I would know if you were a guy. Uh... You're not. Whatever. And then she refuses to talk about it anymore, so. But she did let me decide to do what I want and join and be in the boys' dorms. She thinks it's a mistake. She thinks I'm going through a phase. Um, she thinks it's dumb, but she knows that she and I don't have a great relationship, and I think the reason she lets me do what I want in terms of this kind of thing is because she doesn't want me to hate her even more, I guess. She's trying to make up a little, a little difficult, but she didn't take it as bad as she could have, and that I was glad of. Um, but yeah, I used my therapist, and that was good. Alright, time's up. She tips, and I did make a post on this, and I'll also do a voice thing, um, but as you guys can probably tell from my horrible, awful voice, I am pre-testosterone. And, um, do I pass, when I'm in public, I pass most of the time, uh, like 95% of the time around strangers. I've lived stealth, stealth, um, for more than one year with roommates, cis male roommates who didn't know the only people being aware were camp counselors. Um, so... Yeah, I'll do some passing tips. First of all, obviously, binder. If you're flat-chested, good for you, but not all of us are. Binders are... Everybody knows the greatest thing in the world. Um, no, they're horrible. They make your back hurt. They make your ribs hurt. I don't know, maybe I should call this brutally honest hour, but yes. They make your back hurt. They make your ribs hurt. They make your muscles hurt. And they make your tits hurt. But if you don't wear them, you want to die anyway, right? So... Some binder stuff. I prefer underworks. Their material's a little rougher, so if you have a sensitivity issue, you might not like them. But I feel like they bind better. I certainly don't have pockets of fat up near my shoulders. And, uh, they last a lot longer. Um, I've never had one rip. I've had them stretch after, like, 
6 to 12 months of use strats. Um, but overall, they're really good. And uh, I'm talking about their tri-top F FTM binder, yes. That's what you have to get for the binding I'm talking about. Um, so, get a binder. You know, um, I know we all slouch a little, but try not to do the, the trans guy slouch to hide your titties. Eh, throw your shoulders back a little. It'll help your back. It'll help your ribs. It'll help you breathe better. Um, and it'll make you look a little more confident. Um, confidence is pretty important in passing. Just because you feel like you know yourself and you're not unsure. So if you're correcting someone, you just feel more confident about it. I don't know. Um, guys can be a little more confident. Not to stereotype, but... Okay, whatever. Um, guys tend to be a little bigger. They tend to take up a little more space. They manspread because they got balls. They gotta air their balls. They can't sit on their balls. So they manspread a little. Manspread, do it. Stretch your legs out. Don't be a douche, but stretch your legs out. Um, I suggest looking at the guys that are your age that are around you and just looking at how they look and what you think about them on how they look. Because I don't want to do a full passing post today, uh, p uh, podcast because that would take forever. And then I'd have to do so many segments of it. Look at the guys around you. Think about how you think about them when you look at them. What do you gain? Oh, what do you assume? What do you see? Look at their smallest behaviors, because behaviors play a huge part as passing as a straight guy, and even a gay guy, compared to a girl. He might pass as a gay guy, but I don't want to do that, do I? Um, so, as for hair, obviously short hair helps, but you can pass with long hair. It all... It's all into how do cis guys look? What kind of hair? How do they get their hair cut? And they get theirs in square shapes. So, when you go to the barber or the unisex hairstylist or whatever, you have to be able to speak up. You're never going to get anywhere if you can't speak up for yourself. You have to be able to say, I want a masculine haircut, or at least I want square shapes in the back and the sides. And if you're polite... They'll, they'll, they'll probably do it. Some of them want to feminize you, yes, it happens, but they'll probably do it if you're like, no, I want a masculine cut, please. And give them a little bit of a tip if they do well. Um, I wear lifts, um, because I'm so, I'm self-conscious about my height. I, it's all about finding what works best for you, what makes you feel the best, and, all, eventually, it, t it takes a lot of time to start passing really well, but eventually, as you're going, as you're moving along with finding yourself in it, you start to pass better. It just happens. And uh, I know that's probably useless, but I'm running out of time. Maybe I'll do some more in the next one, but... Okay, bye. Um, so... I'm less... I can help you less with passing because it's such an individual thing and more with how you feel about everything and yourself and shit. Um, and you know, the better you can ease your dysphoria, um, the better you can eventually pass. Um, but like I said in the last part, it does take some time. You really 
you go through a big kind of path journey kind of thing into finding what suits you the best. And when you find what suits you the best, you feel the best and you pass the best, which makes you feel even better. So it's pretty good. Um, some advice I can give. This is not at all how um, my voice used to sound. It used to be a lot higher. I can still hit notes when I sing that most people can't. So obviously my real voice isn't very deep. This is, uh, let's see if I can, this is about where I talk. Normally, when I'm with my family trying to be a girl, you know, this is about where I talk. Um, when I get excited, my voice goes up, you know, like this. I, I talk silly. I I'm a goofy-ass person. But, you know, up here about is where I normally would talk. But, obviously, I don't want to talk up there because it makes me uncomfortable. And I don't like the way my voice sounds. It sounds gross. Um, but I don't, I don't hold my head down and make it sound like this all the time, because it sounds really forced and nasally, and you look dumb. Um, no, I, what I did, I started months ago, many months ago, I think I started back at the beginning of this year, maybe a little into last year, trying to gradually be able to comfortably make my voice deeper without straining. And it kind of works. Sometimes I pass really well in public, including my voice. I've done it. I know I've done it well enough that people thought I was on T, but it takes time. And I gradually, I started kind of daily, or at least every other day, kind of massaging my neck, loosening my muscles, and then I got an app to see where my voice registers, you know, and uh, seeing the most comfortable positions for talking lower um, and gradually listening as it goes down. I trained my voice to be able to go lower, but I can still go all the way up here. I'm not losing. I sound like I just had a voice part, but I'm not losing any range. I can still go, you know, I can still get all the higher notes but I'm more comfortable going lower, and I sound a little, so I talk, you have to really talk from your chest, don't talk from your nose or your head, it gives you head voice, you sound less confident, talk from your chest, that's what you learn in theater anyway, talk from your diaphragm, um, you might, your tummy might pouch out a little when you're talking from your diaphragm, but that happens. And it's okay. Um, I wear shoe lifts. I said that in the last one. I wear shoe lifts. I got them in it on Amazon for a few bucks. Mine are only like an inch. I'm actually getting a taller pair next month, maybe. Um, but they make me feel taller and make me feel more confident. I get pants. I can find pants that fit me at Target pretty well. I've always been really self-conscious about my pants. They are pants that are straight-legged, so they don't go in and they don't go out away from your leg, and that makes me feel the best, makes my legs feel like they look the most masculine when they're not too tight, not too, not like baggy, but they're not tight enough to show off my curves. Um, as for shirts, I 
just wear, I mostly wear long sleeves, actually. I'm a long sleeve kind of person, uh, cold natured, I guess. And I, then I push the sleeves up to my elbow, and that always looks really good. Like, I don't know, I don't care who you are, you look, you're probably gonna look good in a shirt, a long sleeve shirt with the arms pushed up. Mm. Um, and I get most of my clothes at Goodwill and a store here called Play-Doh's Closet, which is a teen thrift store. A little more expensive than Goodwill but less expensive than brand brand new, and they're targeted at teens, so you can find what's helpful. Um, yeah, I think that's all I have to say about packing. I did say that was all I had to say, but I do have one more thing I wanted to talk about, actually, is packing. I don't know what's up with people in packing. Most people just don't get it, I guess. A lot of trans guys decide not to do it for whatever reason, you know, whatever. Um, but if you want to pack... First of all, don't wear super tight girl skinny jeans. Don't wear girls' pants when you pack, mostly because bulges look weird in girls' pants. They're not made for bulges. You can pack with a loose pair. Don't do it with a tight pair, please. You look, you're gonna, ew, it looks like it's smashing your junk, and it's just weird. I'm sorry, but it is. Second tip, don't get a, a packer that's huge. Don't get a, like, seven-inch packer. It's gonna stand out in your pants, and you're gonna be even more uncomfortable. Um, don't get a pack-and-play for your first packer. Don't get a stand-to-pee for your first packer. Get a, uh, um, a cyber-skin packer. They require washing, and you have to powder them before you wear them, but they cost, like, ten bucks, and they look like you're drunk. And they're good for beginning. And they're, of course, you know, you start with socks, but they're good for having your beginning packer. Um, you move on to STPs. Uh, you have, you have, I have the Easy P. There are a ton of other brands out there, and I recommend you be very careful and look into all of the reviews because there are some brands that are scam men, whatever, that have transphobes running them, and you don't want to support them, you know. Um, so look well into it. Look and make sure they'll work for you because that. I don't mean to be rude when I say this, but fat guys can't use an easy, easy pee. Easy pee requires you to be able to make a space between your legs that a lot of fat guys can't make. And it kind of sucks, but um, that's actually how I got mine. One of my friends couldn't use his because he's too big, and he sold it to me. After cleaning it, don't worry, it was clean. Um, uh, you practice. <laughs> You're going to want to practice until you can do it perfect every single time, or you will piss yourself in public practice in the shower and then naked and then move to the toilet and then move to the toilet wearing pants and then try in public eventually when you're alone and uh you'll eventually get better and better and until you can do it perfectly every time um packers need to be i mean packers need to be cleaned pretty often not like every single day Maybe. I mean, they're kind of touching your junk. That's a little gross. Unless you actually, when I wear a packer that isn't in easy, my easy pee, I wear two layers of underwear and just stick it between. And then it doesn't need to be washed the same amount of times, but it still needs to be washed once in a while. Easy peas need to be washed. Use on the packer, you can use like, you could use like hand soap. On either of them, you could use hand soap. But what I use is skin safe, gentle, antibacterial soap because bacteria. I don't want bacteria on I use ba antibacterial. Um, 
and then if you're old enough to eventually want to be having sex with these things, you can get a pack and play. Um, they have three in one. You can use it as a toy, you can use it as an STP, and you can use it as a packer. Those are probably very expensive, and just like I say with the STPs, look into everything about it. Make sure that it's going to work for you, or that they're not a scammer, you know, all that sorts of things. Um, but, yeah, that's, I think that's all I got for packing. Um, boxer briefs, boxer briefs, that's what you want to wear. Um, box, unless you want to wear a harness, but harnesses would make me feel even more dis disturbed because they remind me of lesbian sex toy harnesses. But, you know, boxer briefs, uh, tight enough, not a size too big, like, may you might go a size down or your size exactly. I wear, like, a large in boys, and yes, yes, I do still get my underwear in the boys section, and they're comfortable, um, but I... Have never had a problem with my Easy P or my Packer slipping out, and I've never had to wear a harness, and I've never had to wear special underwear, so they work, or like special, like rodeo. Um, and I think that's all I have to say about packing. I hope this helped a little. It probably didn't. It probably didn't. I'm sorry. Okay, bye. So that's kind of all I have for as in tips. I mean, don't hang around transphobes unless you have to don't hang around too cutes unless you have to because they just kind of bring you down they make you feel worse it feels bad being friends with those types that hate you and uh, or are detrimental to you in some way and it feel it feels better to remove yourself from them and uh, again it really is important that you make yourself happy um or you'll never be content in life, and you'll never be the same confidence that you need to be. And I know it's like, oh, but other people matter. First and foremost, keep yourself happy. And as long as you're not hurting anyone, it shouldn't be a big deal to keep yourself happy. To not be thinking about other people all the time. You have to, you come first in your life. You come first in your life. That's how it should be, because it's your life. And sometimes we have to put ourselves first. Sometimes we decide we love this person and we want to help them, or we want to fulfill our lives more by helping these people, but you have to take care of yourself before you can do that for anyone else, and that's the most important thing is being happy. And that's uh, it's part of why we transition. We transition to be ourselves and to be content with ourselves and to get rid of dysphoria, and it makes us feel better. So, you know, do what makes you happy, man. And uh, stay away from people who drag you down. I know that might mean leaving family. I know that might mean losing friends. But in, ultimately, it's better that way. Unless you absolutely de depend on these people for support. Um, if you're like 15, you really can't get away from transphobic parents. But when you can have the option to survive without these people, do it. You will be so much happier. Just do it. It might be hard, but, you know. So, I'm going to make another... I think I'm going to separate it into another episode, actually. Because um, I'm done with this kind of thing. But I want to talk about two cutes and tiffs and trenders and all that kind of thing. 
Um, so watch out for that. And maybe tonight I might rant high about it. But, alright, bye. Thank you for listening to my shit. <laughs>